0: Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast, a show where a group of friends get together and talk about a variety of geeky topics. Find out what shows we've been watching, find out what movies we've seen, find out what games we're playing. Come along and join us. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always is Debra Turak and today I'm joined by Patrick Ramsey-Hoy hello, and Dwayne McKinnon. folks. So, uh, no Pat today. He's got some family issues that he's dealing with, and uh, we're sorry to hear that he's having this trouble. Um, Pat, if you ever do end up listening to this, which normally you don't, but since you're not on this episode, maybe you will. Um, (laughs) We feel sorry for you, and uh, we hope things get better soon. And no Paul as well. Uh, Not sure why. I know he's been working crazy, crazy hours uh, at his job, and he was uh, working yesterday on Saturday, so... That's one of the reasons why we're recording on a Sunday. Anyway, uh, let's get right to it. Our um, month at this point, a little more than a month in the hobby. Um, what? Uh, okay, let's start with um, movies. What have you guys been watching recently?
1: Uh, well, let's see. Um, uh, just last night, uh, we finished watching uh, the... Uh... The Pale Blue Eye on Netflix. It's uh, basically Edgar Allan Poe uh, solving a, a mystery uh, at West Point. Ooh, yeah.
0: that, that sounds somewhat familiar. Uh,
1: yeah, it's... Uh,
2: I, I, I find Poe in the military a bit of an odd fit.
1: But well, uh, he actually uh, starts out <laughs> as a cadet at West Point in the, in the show.
2: Okay. Or in the movie. I wonder if that's from history. It's just when, when, when I think of Poe, the military just doesn't really come to mind. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So let me see here. I'm just trying to see if I can find the actual name of the of the movie. Um, anyhow, yeah, it, it's it's pretty good. Uh, it's got a lot of big names in it as well. Uh, some good acting and so on. Um, so yeah we enjoyed it had to watch it over a couple of nights but uh yeah it, it was a pretty good movie um there's also uh that uh michelle yo uh movie uh everything Every, everywhere yeah all at once yeah that that was a really I've good one it, as well really want to i, I to believe it's available on that. prime yeah, it, yeah it, is. Sure it is
0: jen and i started trying to watch it and i got through like 15 minutes and went no this is not for me Okay. <laughs> People have been raving about this. Uh, my sister goes on about it. Uh, my sister's partner Maggie, she goes on about it. But mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It just, it looks so dumb.
1: Well, it's a big allegory for mother-daughter relationships, right? Um, it, it does get. I was starting to wonder if uh, I might have gone a little crazy watching it at first as well, but uh, it it does start making more sense as you go through, or at least it. It, you can understand what they're trying to say a lot better as it go, as you go through.
2: Okay. Yeah. I I mainly want to see it because of the cast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it's got a very good cast to it for sure. Yeah, there's uh, very few Asian actors of note that aren't in it. <laughs> <laughs> Throw in Jamie Lee Curtis on top of that. Yes. Yeah.
2: I mean, like what? What I absolutely, what I've loved about the whole "Everything Ever All Once" story is the acting comeback of Kehi Kwan, mm-hmm. which uh, I have I have really enjoyed. I have to admit, I like a good comeback story.
1: Yeah, and uh, this is this is one of the best. Mm-hmm. So. And without yeah. pat here uh did see avatar 2 the way it was <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i can't really uh, forget to mention that um
0: yeah i think it would, honest, i think it would be more funny if you were here
1: <laughs> story wise it uh it isn't a whole lot better than the first movie uh but you don't go seeing that movie for the story, really. Uh, visually, uh, yeah, it's taking uh, animated special effects to a whole new level. Uh, because you do forget a lot of the time that what you're watching is animated and not, you know, filmed live. So it is visually stunning. But uh, don't expect a groundbreaking story. It, it does better than, uh, than The Matrix did with its sequels. Uh, I think it still makes a lot more sense, story-wise. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's all about the visuals more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know if I'm ever going to see it. Uh, I have no real interest in it, but who knows? Maybe one day. Uh, I any...
2: enjoyed this. I enjoyed the spectacle of the first one so much that uh, yeah,
1: I just I really want to find the time to go out and like see this one in IMAX. Yeah, it, it's. Well, I don't know if it necessarily has to be IMAX, but definitely uh, we saw it real 3D, uh, and oh. uh, that was really good. Yeah. I mean, uh, aside from the Museum of Civilization, I don't think there is any true IMAX theaters here in Ottawa. There aren't. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, real 3D is as good as IMAX yeah. as far as the major theaters are concerned.
2: Yep. Yeah. But, uh Yeah.
0: So for me, it's been uh, Liam Neeson and almost exclusively Liam Neeson. Uh, we watched <laughs> two movies in the past couple of weeks, both starring Mr. Neeson himself. Uh, first one is called Blacklight, uh, where he plays as a kind of like a cleanup fixer for um, the FBI of all people. So this there's an FBI guy who runs an off books operation, um, cleaning up people's messes and Liam Neeson's his go-to guy. And then he gets sent to do... The wrong thing to the wrong person, and he decides he's had it, and maybe he hasn't been doing this for the right reasons after all. Uh, that was a very good movie, and the second one is called Memory, where he's um, a hired hitman, like an assassin, but apparently he has a hereditary issue with memory. Um, he's he's got advanced Alzheimer's. His he has a brother who's uh, also very much suffering from alzheimer's and so during the course of him doing his assassinations his memory starts to go and then um again he gets sent to call to kill the wrong person he chooses not to kill that person and then goes on this revenge spree it's awesome like these these are both very very good movies if you like liam neeson going on murdering sprees yeah and and who doesn't
2: yeah i mean it's an interesting second
0: act to his career
2: <laughs> yeah yeah for it started with <laughs> the taken movies really taken. yeah
0: <laughs> you
2: know I mean
0: which are uh, incredible movies by the way
2: oh i I, I love taken <laughs> I mean like I, I, I absolutely absolutely loved it and I mean like uh, let's let's face it the telephone speech will go down in history absolutely as one of the most badass moments in cinematic history. Um, But yeah, but it is interesting because, I mean, he's obviously having fun with it. It's obviously Mm -hmm. something he enjoys. I'm sure the money is decent and everything. But let's face it, it's not really using the most of his talents now, is it? (laughs) I mean, Neeson is a highly skilled actor, True. Mm-hmm. you know, so I I mean, hey, you know, it's his, it's his career,
1: yeah.
2: you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this is going a long way to sending his kids to college. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know he's pretty I, old. Does he
0: still have college age children?
2: Uh, His kids weren't all that old when his wife died. I remember that much. That was quite a while ago mm-hmm. so but uh, I am I am reminded of uh, an interview with uh, Colm Fiore uh, the well-regarded Canadian actor mm-hmm. and somebody asked him about the Chronicles of Reddick. and Fiore replied, "I will never have a bad word to say about that movie nice. that movie paid for my house <laughs>
0: And it it wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't great, but it wasn't the worst movie. Certainly wasn't the worst movie I've seen him in. Sure. Mm
2: -hmm. But yeah, so... So just some Liam Neeson for you, then.
0: Yeah, yeah. For me, movies have been basically just just Liam Neeson. We've been watching a lot of TV shows, but movie-wise, that's really been it. Yeah. I
2: think I only got out to see the one movie since the last time we talked, uh, Black Panther. Wakanda Mm -hmm. forever. Would you like, did you like it? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I thought it was a great, uh, introduction of the more and it was a really it was a really interesting examination of loss. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. so much of the movie revolves around the fact that uh, Chadwick Boseman, sadly, passed away, and hence, because of the career decisions they made, T'Challa has passed. Right. And I thought they did some very interesting things with it. Um, so yeah, I I liked it quite a bit. But, uh, other than that, the only movie I've seen recently was Black Adam, but I talked about that last time. I'm mm-hmm. sure.
0: Yeah, I haven't gone out to, to the movie theaters um, probably since Black Adam. That might've been the last movie I saw in theaters as well. Mm-hmm. But
2: uh, I am so looking forward to Quantum Mania.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's gonna be good. There's actually a movie in theaters. I'm hoping to go see maybe this week. Um, called Flight. Uh, it's one of those. Um, uh, I was about to say Gerard Depardieu, but that's not right. Um, are you Are you thinking
2: Plane?
0: Plane? Yeah. What did I say? Yeah.
2: Flight. Uh, oh, Flight. No, no. Gerard, it, it it is Plane. Yeah, Gerard Butler. That's the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So that that's the only thing I'm really looking forward to seeing in theaters. Like I've looked at what's out there and uh, most of it's been eh. Yeah. But I'm hoping for the new stuff that's coming out uh for Marvel from um wait, who else puts out movies? I think the only Marvel exists anymore.
1: <laughs> well, Disney. Disney, sure. Yeah. But
2: uh I, you know, at some point this year uh Shazam Fury of the Gods. Oh,
0: I've game? seen trailers oh. for it or little snippets from it. I don't even know if I'm going to see it.
1: I'm, I am really like just wondering movie. now that James Gunn has taken over the DCEU how things are going to change and is it worth watching what's in the slate or is that going to get retconned at some point?
0: Yeah. He's uh he's decided to fire my Superman, so I'm I'm I've had it with him.
1: Yeah, but that's freedom up to do Warhammer forty K.
0: But see, I care much less about that than I do about him playing Superman.
1: Yeah. Like I'm trying to,
0: I'm trying to think of who they would get to replace him as Superman.
1: And I don't know. I I think one of the best moves that ever happened with Superman was Christopher Reeves. Uh and that's because he was an unknown. True.
2: I would have I would have happily seen Cavill and another superman film
0: um oh when he when he shows up in his little cameo i went crazy yeah
2: i you know i don't think he was given the best material
0: no i mean he started with man Um, of steel which is one of the worst superman movies ever made and yet he shone uh, through that movie
2: yeah and i mean like you know i do think uh Shoot, I am. I can picture, but I'm mental blocking on her name. But I do think that uh, she oh. looked very well with Cavill.
0: Oh, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, um, Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. No, Gal
2: Gadot. No, I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking of the lady who played Lois.
0: Oh, um, oh, uh, Amy Adams McAd- No, not not Amy McAdams. Amy, um, Adams. Is, Amy it, Adams. is it is it Amy Adams? Adams? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I, yep, I was yeah. thinking Rachel McAdams, but that's definitely not her. Yeah. Yeah.
2: No, uh, I thought that, uh, you know, they. They made a very good Clark and Lois. Sure. Now, far- mm. fortunately, we've had several really good Clark and Lois pairs mm-hmm. over the yeah. past thirty years or so. But uh, they 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 were quite good.
0: See, the one person I could see coming back as Superman, who I'd be okay with, would be Tom Welling. Hmm. Yeah. I really liked him as Superboy.
2: Yeah. Um. Interesting enough, Welling and. Erica Durance have said they'd be open to reprising
0: their roles at some point. It might be better as a TV show though. I don't.
2: Yeah, I don't think there will be any real opportunity, given that the Arrowverse is basically dead. True. But.
0: Well, plus the Arrow Arrowverse already has their Superman, right? Yeah. 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 But, uh,
2: yeah it'll like, I I know that you're not a big fan of uh, the decision not to move forward with, uh, with Cavill, Dev, but...
0: Yeah, that, that's I an like, understatement.
2: I, I like James Gunn's stuff enough that I am very curious to see where he's going to mm. go with this. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, I mean... The DCEU has had a somewhat unifying vision before, but that was Snyder's. And I'm, I've come to realize over time, I am not a fan of Zack Snyder.
0: Yeah, he basically ruins you everything know, he touches.
2: I, I, I don't care too much for his stuff. I mean, I think 300 may be my favorite of them all.
0: See, I don't even know that um, was Zack Snyder. Yeah. But I mean, Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch was good. I really like Sucker yeah. Punch. Uh,
1: it was a visually shot, fantastic movie, but uh, the story was me. Yeah. Um.
2: So yeah. So anyway, I, I I think it'll be interesting to see what happens when the guy. Being given the chance to steer the ship is someone whose films I've actually quite enjoyed. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. But, uh, so, not much for movies over the past month or so.
0: All right, let's move on to TV. What have you guys been watching?
2: Uh, Not a lot in my case. Um, I'm slowly making my way through Santa
0: Oh, Sam! It that was really very cool. good. Season two is coming out uh, soon. I wanted to talk about that in news and rumors.
2: Mm. Yeah, so I am quite enjoying it. Uh, and that, but other than that, I really haven't been watching much. I was traveling—not uh, last week, but the week before—and that, and I. I downloaded a bunch of things I could watch, and I basically ended up watching none of it. I just read. So, that,
1: that trend has continued.
2: I'm reading much more than I'm watching.
0: Okay, what about you, Pat? Uh,
1: well, Brenda and I watched uh, The Peripheral on uh, Prime. Uh, good uh, things? Yeah it's, yeah, it's on my list. It, I love it,
0: William Gibson.
1: Yeah. It's it's really good. Uh, yeah, you do get the Gibson vibe out of it, uh, which is good because he hasn't translated to the screen, big or small, all that well in the past.
0: I don't know. I think they did an excellent uh, job with Johnny Mnemonic. Like that was not a bad movie. It just wasn't received very well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but yeah, this is uh, this is pretty good. Um, I it's it'll be curious to see where they go with the second season. Um Hopefully it'll live up to the first season. Uh, I, I don't know what else to say about it other than I really enjoyed it. I don't want to talk about the story too much because right. that that'll be uh, too many spoilers, I think. So
0: I've got peripheral both on my watch list and on my reading list. Uh, it's one of the, the the next series of audiobooks that I'm going to be reading is William Gibson or listening to. Uh, And I'm wondering if I should watch the TV show and then read the book, so it doesn't, so the book doesn't ruin the show for me, or do it in the proper order, read the book, and see how well they adapted it to the screen.
1: Way back when uh, David Lynch's Dune came out, I determined that the best thing to do is see the the movie or the TV show first, and then read the books, uh, because the books are always much more in depth, sure, uh, and expose a whole lot more. Uh, and the I guess it takes away some of the substance of the uh, of the uh, TV show or, or movie if you're that aware of the story. Right. That makes sense. Right. Yeah. But that's just my personal opinion. Uh, I've also been uh, binge watching a whole lot of anime so much that I've, I won't bother going over everything that I've watched. Uh, I'll just talk about some of the ones that uh well, um, I guess the one that I'm going to talk about is uh, Nier Automata. They uh, just, uh, it, I think they're only on episode two or three of, uh, of that. So it's based off of the video game. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm really impressed because it is following the video game, uh, pretty much uh, chapter by chapter, uh, which is great. And when I was watching the first episode, I was thinking, oh, it would be uh, really great if they use some of the uh, music from the, the video game, because that was one of the highlights of the game, too. And then sure enough, in episode two, when they're in the city ruins, there's the city ruins music from the game. Nice. Uh, so, yeah, if if you're a fan of the game or if you've ever been interested in the game, I would recommend this anime. It, uh, so far, it's, uh, it's uh, recreating the experience pretty well. Um, yeah, and that's really all I'm going to talk about because other than that, we've been watching Good. lots have, of home improvement kind of shows and that sort of stuff.
0: Uh, so I've been watching uh, a series of stuff, m- mainly with Jen. Um, I'm watching this one without her called Valeria, which is this uh, Spanish uh, show about these three women who are like best friends, and one of them wants to be an author, and one of, or four friends actually. Um, anyway, it's it's all about like women, uh, and it's it's an enjoyable show. There's definitely a lot of sex and nudity in it, so it's been enjoyable. But um, there, there's it, it's not a great show but but it's been enjoyable at least um the ones i wanted to talk about is one is three pines which is a canadian show um that takes place in quebec um i think it's originally filmed in french but the english um subtitling or or, um dubbing is fantastic or maybe maybe it was filmed in english i don't know um but anyway um it's a series it's based on a series of novels um and each epi- each two two episodes is like one arc uh one case that this detective uh from the uh the studio at the Quebec is is investigating and it all kind of centers around this small town and the nearby um native reserve so there's there's an overarching storyline about uh, missing Native women. Um, the first um, episode takes place in this small town where there used to be a residential school. Uh, so um, you know the the local natives are um, still traumatized by what they went through in that place, and and so a lot of it revolves around the that residential school. Uh, it's an amazing series, though. Like I really really enjoyed that. Um, We also watched a Scottish series. I think it was Scottish called The Rig. Uh, It's about this offshore drilling um, platform in the middle of uh, the ocean somewhere. And then weird stuff starts to happen there. Um, There's a kind of supernatural-ish element to it because uh, it's, it's not really supernatural. It's more like ancient pre pre uh primordial which i don't know it it affected me less than if it had been supernatural uh, but so basically weird things happening there's this fog that comes in and they lose all communication with the mainland and then people start dying on the rig so it's it's an interesting storyline so we we'll really enjoyed that and um Jen has found a very old TV show with Jennifer Love Hewitt called The Ghost Whisperer. So we've we're slowly <laughs> making our way through that. Now. <laughs> it's uh-huh. it is terrible and yet enjoyable. So and it's got yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt and her heaving bosoms. <laughs> she, listen, she wears very low-cut outfits and she does a lot of like bouncing around and and uh, like deep breathing. So there yeah breasts are flying everywhere super enjoyable I think that's that's all I really want to talk about for TV shows um, let's move on to um, oh Jen, sorry
2: j- sorry uh, my Jen mm-hmm. uh, used to be a fairly big fan of Ghost Whisper, actually but it's because of that show that she has referred to general of Hewitt ever since as a uh, booby girl <laughs> is how call uh, <laughs> hewitt is actually a regular on 911 uh, hmm these days, okay, and stuff. But uh, yeah, I don't believe she's quite as. I don't think the wardrobe department is quite as fond as <laughs> of dressing her in uh, scoop neck blouses as they were during the Ghostbusters days. Though.
0: Well, <laughs> it's it's funny. My main um, interaction, or not interaction, but main, the the thing I remember her most from is uh, the hit ABC show Client List, and uh, so I always refer to Jennifer Love Hewitt as. Uh, star of the hit ABC show, Client List. Uh, and the funny thing um, is, the lady who comes to look after my cats when I'm on, when I'm away, her name is Jennifer Hewitt. And so I refer to her as Jennifer Love Hewitt, hit uh, star of the hit ABC show, The Client List. <laughs> Every time I refer to her, that's how I refer to her. Yeah.
2: Um, I thought Client List was streaming only.
0: No, 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 no. I, I, I watched it when it was on TV. Okay. I could have sworn it was streaming only.
2: No mistake. Um, but, uh, but, yeah.
0: Okay, so moving on, let's let's talk about um, video games. What are you guys playing?
2: Uh, well, I'm, continu- I'm, I'm okay. continuing to indulge my nostalgia. Um, lately, uh, the last infamous one that I tried, which was uh, the First Light, or whatever kind of a prequel to second son uh just wasn't quite working for me so i moved on and now i'm replaying the Ezio trilogy in assassin's creed so i'm doing assassin's creed 2 at the moment
0: it's funny i never got into assassin's creed the game when it was just assassin's creed i only started getting into it when they started branching out so i've done valhalla and uh, I've done Odyssey those two I've really really enjoyed and then they also kind of brought Assassin's Creed into another game called Watch Dogs which which um, Paul and I played extensively uh, I think last year or maybe the year before last Watch Dogs Legion I think was the game we were specifically playing Yeah, there there was an Assassin's Creed element brought into it. It's another one of those open-world games where there's all sorts of different collectibles and missions and whatever you want to do. do.
2: Yeah, for example, I'm fairly early in the game, but uh, I've already improved my home villa to the maximum that it can go, and so now I'm just sitting back and raking in the Florence. (laughs) I think I, th- I think it. I think uh, the whole thing earns me like over ten thousand florins for every twenty minutes I play the game. Jesus. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's it's easy to buy things. Um, but yeah. <coughs> but
1: that's yeah.
2: That's it for me as far as video games. So I'll shut up now.
1: Pat, lots of Alheim. Mostly Valheim. Yeah, I haven't really been playing any other video games aside from that. Uh, Yeah, just trying to build up uh, our shared world a bit. Um, I noticed uh, the other day that you were on doing some exploring, and then I went to take a look at the cartography table, and there wasn't anything there. Yeah, unfortunately,
0: I didn't make it back is the problem. So um, I ended up having to log out uh, because Jen and I were doing some stuff throughout the day that day. Um, so i'm i'm kind of in the middle of nowhere um, i have a boat with me because i was on the boat at the time and then uh, i logged out i think i destroyed the boat and kept the materials in my pocket i hope i destroyed the boat and kept the materials in my pocket because i'm in the mid- literally in the middle of nowhere and um and i i have no way of getting home okay <laughs> so w- one of the things i might do is just go to a private world drop everything i have and then just have myself killed off because I'm very close to swamps. I'm very close to plains. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's literally all I found while I was exploring is either uh, if, um, plains. I, I went to the to the west of the our starting island yep. ex- because people had been doing a lot of exploring to the east, some to the north, but people had kind of left the west alone. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll just go see what's out there. I'm not. I don't have anything else planned for today. So then I got in the boat and I started sailing west. And I went as far west as I could before I started hitting islands. I'm like, oh, these islands are plains. I'm going to ignore them. Oh, here's some more swamp. Maybe we'll find some iron. Oh, here's mm-hmm. some more swamp. Oh, my God, more plains. Oh, my God, plains. There's plains everywhere out there. There's, yeah. we're, we're surrounded by plains, basically.
2: I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm reminded a bit of, uh, you guys ever read A Wizard of Earth
1: No. I know of it. It's Ursula K. Le Guin, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, at one point, uh, the character ends up sailing off to the west, and there just really isn't a lot out there.
0: <laughs> oh no, there's tons of stuff out to the west, and all of, it all... Will, all of it will murder me. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the problem.
2: So, yeah, that, that, That's what reminded me of it. Okay. It's just more like, basically, the lead character had to do it, but sailing west is in general just a really bad <laughs> idea. <laughs>
1: Sometimes. I'm not a it.
0: Why? What's the Western Tolkien?
1: That's where uh, the Elflands are.
0: Okay. Yeah. Uh, for but me, it's anyway. mainly been MechWarrior Five. Um, there's a new DLC coming out for it in less than a week. In fact, in six days, five days, um, which I'm I cannot wait for. Um, but the thing about that game is, I've started modding it based on some recommendations from some youtubers that i was watching videos of and it completely changes the game it it brings so much more like it's a pretty customizable game to begin with but it brings so much more customization and then one of the mods uh once you get far enough from the timeline introduces the invasion of the clans and bringing clan tech which then ups the customization even more and then you know um the As you get further on in the years, even after the Clan Invasion, the Inner Sphere has started to kind of do their own inventing or has uncovered old caches of Star League era equipment. So again, the customization becomes even more diverse and you can put, you know, all of a sudden now, instead of just using regular lasers, now you're doing heavy lasers and you've got like 18 different types of Gauss adaptations and yeah. so. I absolutely love messing around with that game, tinkering and moving things around. Um, and it's, yeah, I absolutely love that game. So I've been playing a lot of it. And uh, aside from that, um, there's been a couple of different Steam sales. Uh, there was a, the, the Christmas sale that they always do on. So I picked up a bunch of, um, of games um i don't know if i talked about it but i I spent a lot of time playing medieval dynasty which is very similar to valheim except that it's a single player game um it's again a survival type thing you come to this valley um you're there's an overall storyline where you're searching for your uncle um and then you're given permission to you know set up your own house or your village or whatever whatever you want to do And so you start, you know, building some, um, some storage buildings, some houses, you start building some, uh, crafting buildings, and then you start talking to random people throughout this valley, inviting, inviting them to come to your settlement and you start putting together a, a village. And then of course, um, you have to pay taxes on the, on your village every, every spring. So then, um, as, as the, the seasons change. Um, the type of vegetation that's around you changes. The type of um, uh, things you can you can harvest change. Um, you can do planting if you want to start um, dealing with crops. And then, uh, as you as you invite these people to come to your village, um, you talk to them to find out what their interests are, what they're good at, and then you put them to work uh, doing the things that they like, so that so that they become happy you don't want to put them to work doing things they have no interest in. Right. So that one guy might say, Oh, I really hate interacting with people. Just, just put me in a room and, and give me something to do and I'll, I'll start tinkering, but I don't want to interact with people. So, you know, okay, he's not going to be a merchant. He's going to be a, a craftsman of some kind. So you put him in a crafting building and he does his crafting. You give him, um, tasks to do, like say, you know, I want you to say someone w- goes out to gather wood and, or gather stone. And then another guy goes out and takes that stone and wood that's been gathered and starts uh, making axes. And then you have another guy who takes those axes and goes, chops down trees to bring more trees, uh, to more, bring more wood. So it's, it's like basically the whole community becomes interwoven and and if you if you plan it properly and you put people in the right positions and, and give them the, the proper tasks your your village becomes self-sustaining and you and there's less for you to go and gather to give them work so they're not sitting there idle it's a super fun game and then the the other fun part about it is because the seasons change pretty quickly um the years pass pretty quickly um you have the opportunity to find a wife. So you have to you have to first romance her, and then invite her to your village, and then get her to marry you, and then you move in together, and then you start having children, and then eventually the the thing is if you if you play long enough, when your character dies, if, if your child is old enough, he will then take over and continue your dynasty. So it's it's almost like bringing a little aspects of Pendragon into this yeah. survival game. It's is super super fun. I really really enjoyed it. I'm at the point where i've had my kid the kid's starting to get old you know i've spent maybe eight years at this point and it's starting to get a little stale so i took a break from it but i'm definitely going back to it and then the last game i want to talk about is called we who are about to die it's a gladiatorial game where you um you play as a basically you play as as a gladiator but your gladiator is going to die so you play as a different gladiator each time but um, but even though you're playing a different character after, after your gladiator dies, it's, it's still kind of like a a self self contained, not, not really ludus, but, but it's like you can leave things to the next character that you're going to play. So, um, maybe you have a bunch of coin that you've accumulated, but not, not much equipment that you've been able to buy. So you leave by you leave behind some coin for your next player that you're the next character you're going to play, or, um, you've accrued all this experience and you've, bought perks to um to kind of pass on a, a portion of that experience to your to your next character it's a super fun game like I, i'm really enjoying that and th- so there, there's a an aspect of it where you're kind of doing the management of the ludus and in your character and what armor and weapons you're gonna buy with the money that you've accrued and there's the aspect where you actually go into the gladiatorial arena and sometimes you don't know what game you're going to play you don't know what weapons you're going to have um it's it's pretty random as to what uh what arena what matches are, are happening in every given week so mm-hmm. so there's there's a lot of random aspect to what you're about to face to kind of keep it fresh but yeah that that's a super super that's fun so, game
2: uh, yeah so it will be stuff like and today, for your pleasure, the gladiator shall fight with nets.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or you go in with no weapons, and you whatever the crowd throws to you and you can pick up, that's what you fight with. Otherwise, you got bare hands. Oh, bye. And, and sometimes you're fighting three against one. So you, you have three opponents against you. Uh, they have no weapons. You have one weapon. And then the crowd throws weapons, and they go pick up stuff. So if you can kill them fast enough then maybe you, you'll survive or they'll just gang up on you. Or you do teams of uh, six on six, or you do teams of two, but there's like 14 people in the arena, all fighting together at the same time. Like, like it's absolute chaos sometimes. And uh, it's, it's really, really fun. And my guys rarely last more than like, say four or five matches before they're, they're, they, they, just get annihilated. And then you start over with a new, a new gladiator and you, uh, you carry on from there. But yeah, super fun. Uh, Other than that, we've been playing a lot of Dark Tide. Um, I've I I got it for free when I upgraded my video card, so it's it's not a game. It's a game I would eventually picked up anyway because I played Vermintide, but it's it's basically a game where your group of four goes out and has a mission to do, and you're getting just swarmed by enemies the whole time you're trying to do this mission. And so you, you get various weapons and, um, and you mow them down. There's a lot of hand-to-hand combat. There's a lot of um, uh, ranged combat. And then you complete your mission. You go back You go back home. You get some rewards. And then you upgrade your weapons. Then you go do the whole thing over and over again. So it, it gets a very repetitive game, even though the missions are very varied. Um, but you're it's, it's kind of the same thing. Um, so it's not a game that holds my attention for long. But every once in a while, it's fun to jump in and just blow away a horde using like a heavy stubborn just buh, 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 and just watch people <laughs> explode as you unload your rounds onto them i know, I know the, the other guys paul especially and uh and our good buddy nick those two play that game almost non-stop
1: yeah
2: uh, well it reminds me of why every now and then i still uh, load up unreal tournament 2004
0: sure yeah we used uh, to play that so much when i was in school
2: You know, I mean, like as far as uh, working out frustrations, taking the sniper rifle and going up in the, <laughs> going up in, the, you know, face tower classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Plus, I, I just love the announcer in that game. Oh boy, you know, that sort of fun.
0: I, I remember. Um, so when I was in school, we we would play that game. I, I think it was not necessarily that one. I mean, it might have been. Uh, quake that we were playing but um so when i was in school we would we would all get together and do like a little land party like on fridays after after school we'd get together and just do everyone together with their laptops everyone's playing quake and then this one guy and i would constantly be having um uh rocket launcher battles where we'd use no other weapon just the rocket launcher and we just hunt each other so he'd have his rocket launcher i have my rocket launcher sometimes we're in a small room and we're trying to dodge the the rockets that are flying and trying to make sure we're far enough away from the wall so if it hits the wall the explosion doesn't still damage you like we had such a blast playing those games yeah really fun with people you know not as much fun playing with random people Hmm. especially these days like uh uh, there's a lot of games that are kind of like that um they call them MOBAs multiplayer online battle arenas um it started with doom and quake and uh and and they're fun but they're really only my i find that they're only fun when i'm playing with people that i know together mm. and especially and like land parties i i miss the days of land parties where you'd all get <laughs> together and be in the same room and just you know sending banter back and forth as you're as you're mowing each other down uh, th- those are the days <laughs> Okay, uh, last category: books. Uh, Dwayne, I know you said you were reading a lot of books. What have you? Uh, what's What's the latest on your on your list?
2: Well, uh, let's see. Uh, I've been rereading a bunch of uh, Christopher Stashev stuff. But I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. No. Um, so Stashev got started back in the sixties, seventies. His uh, first big thing was a series called, uh, basically, the Warlock series. Um, first, the first novel, well, publishing-wise, is called The Warlock in Spite of Himself, and that. And so, it's definitely you know light fantasy. There's a lot of humor, in that. But uh, what I got into with Stasha was uh, a different series uh, that he did starting in the mid-80s and that uh, with a book called Her Majesty's Wizard. And it's funny that I enjoy this series as much as I do, because it's one of these, you know, ordinary guy gets sucked into a different universe where he's capable of extraordinary things type stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wizard in this case is a philosophy and English major who gets drawn into an alternate Europe where poetry can do magic, and because he knows all of these all of this uh, stuff that's never been heard before he ends up being really quite really powerful but the other thing about it is that the whole universe is kind of based around Catholic dogma okay <laughs> which is why I find it a little strange that I like it as much as I do <laughs> but uh, but you know, I mean uh, Stacheff has a real knack for making likeable characters and so I've you know, I've been enjoying the reread. Uh, it's all available for, for. I. I gave in. I end up resubscribing to Cobo Plus, so. Most of his stuff is available. To read through that service, so I've been I've been rereading those. Uh, I'm also. Uh, in the middle of reading, there's a lady, her name's Trudy Cannavale. Um And so I started reading a trilogy of hers a while back and I finally bought book three. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, he uh, does some good stuff. Um, again, uh, fantasy, uh, the magic system involved is quite interesting. I think. and uh, Yeah. So that's what I've been reading lately. I've been reading a few more comics. Um, Currently on May 2015 on Marvel Unlimited, uh, which is an interesting month because this is when all of Jonathan Hickman's Secret Wars stuff starts happening. So this is where they basically shut down the whole line and did this multiverse ending crossover and then moved on from there. So what I'm doing right now is I'm kind of finishing up the series that aren't directly a part of the crossover. So uh, like I was reading this series called Wolverines which led straight out of uh, Wolverine dying, because Wolverine was dead at this point in time, mm-hmm. and actually stayed dead for a number of years, which was remarkable for Marvel. Uh, and so it was interesting, it was a weekly series, that went for 20 issues, and the uh, the finale of it I thought was really quite amusing. Um, the val- finale of it all is that uh, Destiny has been manipulating her partner Mystique from beyond the grave because she's foreseen that everything is going to end. And Destiny believes that if Wolverine is brought back, that things can change and stuff. And so she manipulates mystique with letters and packages and all this stuff into thinking that this will bring back destiny who is also dead at this point in time Mm. and when mystique finds out that the whole thing has been a trick to bring back wolverine she just says nope and closes the door and walks away (laughs) 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 it's like i don't care if everything's going to end i would rather everything end than bring him back (laughs) So uh, yeah, it was it was kind of interesting. Um, I haven't read any DC lately. Uh, I need to figure out how to reset my DC universe password. That. But uh, but yeah, um, have you guys been reading anything?
0: Uh, I'm starting. To, I'm trying to get into Kurt Vonnegut and reading some of his short stories before I go into something a bit more meaty so i'm starting with mm-hmm. this this um book called basic training that's what i'm currently listening to and on audible uh like yeah. i said i, I do a periphery coming up next um but I, I may hold off until i watch the tv show as we discussed yeah. earlier well,
1: Did it. my uh, trivia contest questions inspire you <laughs> uh
0: no i actually I, I was thinking about kurt vonnegut based on this um a podcast i was listening to called vana guys where it's it's a spin off of another show that I used to listen to where they would read a Kurt Vonnegut book and then they would critique it and, and talk about the the what, what was being discussed and okay. the 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 episode I listened to had like it was a book I'd never read before but it sounded interesting and and I I want to kind of expand my my genre or the the things that I read I want to expand it cuz I'm I'm mm. pretty narrowly focused in just sci-fi at this point right and and almost Exclusively, like either space opera or, um or like cyberpunk-ish sci-fi, mm. and and I, I want to try other things. Fair enough. But still sticking with William Gibson and, and Periphery is next for that reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what about you, yeah. Oh, per- peripheral I, I know, the, the I, peripheral.
2: I know what you mean. Um, what I've what I've branched out into mostly over the past few years. And through the Ottawa Public Library, have been mystery books. Okay. Uh, because I don't usually find myself with any de- desire to reread a mystery book. Hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't really care about owning them. Because, right. I mean, once you've read through the mystery, you
1: know? Yeah. Well, sometimes it's kind of fun to see all the threads that the author put in beforehand that you might've missed.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I just haven't actually hit it myself yet. But, uh, for example, um, you were talking earlier about the Inspector Gamache mm-hmm. series on Amazon. Yep. Well, when I heard that was happening, I borrowed the first book of that series nice. from, uh, from the library and that, uh, the whole uh, missing and murdered Indigenous women thing, by the way, was added specifically for the TV show. Okay. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so that's some fun. Mm. Uh, there is one other thing that I was wanting to talk about in Weeks in the Hobby because we didn't really touch on it. Sure. R- Role
1: playing.
0: Oh games. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was that was next on my list. I, I had for talk
1: before we get there, uh, related to uh, movies and or TV shows and books, uh, did you uh, see the Murdoch Mysteries with the special guest?
2: Uh, no, no. I'm actually well over a season behind on Murdoch these days. Oh, okay. Um, I, I think I think I'm over. I think I'm like over two seasons behind now. No, I, for... But I did. I I do still follow. Um, the show's uh, social media accounts and mm. like that. Oh so, yeah, um, I am quite aware that uh, Commander Hadfield made a guest appearance. Yep, which is <laughs> fairly cool.
1: Yeah, I didn't see it either, but yeah, I've I've seen it all over social media.
0: For for those non-Canadian listeners, Commander Hadfield is uh, is a ast- Canadian astronaut who um, recently, like maybe a couple years ago, came back from the ISS, the International Space Station.
1: Well, he was commander of it for a while. He yeah, a, that yeah. gave him his uh, big international claim to fame. I, I don't think there are very many people who don't know who he is. Yeah, at this um, point, I've never thing... met
0: anyone who does know who he is. But then again, I don't really talk to talk oh, sci-fi about it. Yeah. Or...
2: Also, I believe he, didn't he set like a record for his the length of his stay? He uh, was up there a long time. He was up
1: there a while, but I don't think it, that's really what it was. It was uh, things like him uh, playing Space Oddity. Uh,
2: yeah, that was uh, cool. Doing
1: his concert there mm-hmm. for that.
2: Yeah, and... that went that went viral.
1: Yep. Um, yeah, he, he he probably is
0: the most well known Canadian at this point, maybe uh, at least on YouTube, perhaps. Yeah. So maybe our international listeners well, he's, do he's, know he's, who he is
2: He's certainly the best known. I would I would say that he's easily the best known current astronaut. Yeah, probably. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we've we've gotten we've gotten away from astronauts being well known, but Hadfield became well known. I mean, like uh, if I remember right, when Space Oddity thing blew up and everything, they even set up. Uh, teleconference links so he could be on U.S. talk shows Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, so you know it's Murdoch Murdoch has a long standing history of getting interesting guest stars Mm -hmm. I mean I I can't say that I was terribly thrilled to see Stephen Harper on Murdoch Mysteries but it was interesting (laughs) that he did it (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: You know? Okay, role playing games. What are we talking about? Yeah.
2: Well, um been playing Pathfinder and now I am running Pathfinder. Nice. Yes. Because I don't, I don't I don't I don't think we've had a podcast uh, since I took over the uh, bi weekly Wednesday night games.
1: Well, we, we mentioned that it was going to be happening. I mm-hmm. don't know if we actually... Yeah,
2: we haven't we, we, we have we haven't done a recording, though, since it actually happened.
1: Correct. Mm-hmm. So, I think
2: uh, so far so good. Yep, I would um, say so. You know, uh, so just as a refresher for folks, um, to give Mr. Ramzo here a break from being our forever GM, which he has been doing... For what, fifteen years? Pat? Is yes, it is that it's long? Got, it's gotta be close. I guess, yeah. It's gotta be close. hmm So it's I I do know that it's over twelve because I'm positive mm-hmm. that you took over before Madeline was born.
1: Okay. I can see that.
2: Yep. So and my and my daughter is twelve now, for those listeners who don't know her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so to give him a break and, and that, and just to kind of try my hand at it, mm. um, we are running one of Pizo's Adventure Paths, which are long form, uh, Adventure Rogers. modules. Yeah. This is, this is where Paizo, um, got started, where these Monthly adventures that they released uh, for D and D 3.5, mm-hmm. basically, and so they've con- they've continued one way or another ever since, and that including you know creating their own systems. So everybody started out at first level, which is Interesting because when we moved over to Pathfinder Second Edition, everybody was twelve.
1: Yeah, so we've never really experienced the game at low levels.
2: Nope. So, um, so we did the first couple of uh, sessions in person at Steve's, and that, and then we ended up moving online uh, for the last two sessions. So we're, we're four sessions in, Mm. um, we nearly had our first character death (laughs) in the last session. So the party composition is, is interesting. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we have, uh, Red, who is Pat's character, who is a psychic. Which is a pretty recent class uh, from Paizo's Dark Archive hardcover. And that. uh, Chris is uh, playing Reg, who is a precision edge ranger with a crossbow. And I had no idea how overpowering a precision ranger with crossbow ace is at first level. Like, normally, somebody shoots a crossbow, they're going to, at this level, they're going to do, like, a D8 of damage. Because of the ranger abilities, uh, for as long as he gets the conditions right and it's the first attack of a round, uh, Chris's guy does, like, a D10 for the crossbow plus an additional d8 for the precision. And you wouldn't, that doesn't sound like a lot, but in this system, it is, Mm -hmm. you know, doing, doing two dice worth of damage is huge, but you know, a ranger can be a frontliner, but Chris Mm -hmm. is not, he, he, he is a ranged guy. So, our frontliners are Steve's Nook who is a goblin rogue. Ro- <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Craig's uh, Warpriest. Who is a Warpriest. So, yeah. a cleric who is better positioned to be in the front lines than the other alternative, which is a cloistered cleric. Mm-hmm. On that. But you know, sometimes the dice can get streaky and the dice can go against you, and so uh, Hank took some pretty major hits. Uh, almost died, except for the fact that we remembered in time the Hero Point system, which allowed him to save himself. So, <laughs> so yeah, but um, not really sure how we're going to do things going forward, whether we're going to stick with uh stick with the online or go back to in person. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of torn. I've, there's a lot that I like about the online. Uh, like, I, expe- I recently upgraded my computer. I've now got 24 gigs of RAM, as opposed to the eight that I used to have. And so I bought the Foundry Virtual Tabletop a while back just because I wanted to play around with it, and thanks to a guy who made a module called PDF to Foundry, getting the adventure into Foundry was easy. And there are pluses, like I certainly can't say I'm the best person to draw a map in the world. <laughs> so, being in person and drawing out the drawing out the map as we move <laughs> along. Is definitely a bit of a chore, but uh, it's it's doable. And on top of that, I did buy a few things to run this game with. Uh, Paizo put put used to put out uh, they call them pawn collections for the various adventurers adventures, and that uh, they aren't doing them currently. They shut down the line because. Printing costs on cardstock got too expensive, and shipping costs have also gone through the roof and everything, so the line wasn't profitable anymore, so they shut it down. But I do have this and everything. I haven't actually had a chance to use them yet. Though. So, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But it's nice to have the option. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but that's been good. Pathfinder Society has been fun. Uh... I think since the last time I was talking I had a chance to play my uh, my Alchemist again, my uh, level 10 bomber. So, he's one adventure away from level 11 and there is a 7 to 10 coming out in March. It's a sequel to the game that I played a few weeks ago. So, that works out just perfect. But I am I realized that i'm gonna have to wait quite a while before they do another like 9 to 12. but level 11 is such a great level for bombers i really really want to play as a level 11. so we'll see but uh that's it for stuff i've done for news and rumors oh man do i have a lot of gaming stuff to talk about
1: so
0: (laughs) Kate, what about you pat have you been paying anything other than the pathfinder game
1: uh, yeah, nothing role playing other than Pathfinder. Uh, so, really enjoying it. Uh, the Psyker, yeah, he's got his moments where he's sitting there wondering, okay, what can I do? And then when he does things, it's like one shot, one kill.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, psychic is probably the closest thing to a blaster caster that they've got so far. Yeah. It can do some, oh boy, unbelievable things.
1: Yeah but uh one thing i have noticed is he's got very little magic that's based on saves it's all based on his attack rules which works nice at uh, the lower levels but once he gets into the higher levels where uh you know fight the me um yeah the melee uh or the martial classes can start putting on runes and so on to their items uh he's gonna be getting a little bit left behind i think Unless I can get a hold of that ring that allows me to use uh, saves instead of attack rolls.
2: Yeah. Well, for this campaign, I don't think it'll be much of an issue because uh, Abomination Vaults is
1: uh,
2: is not a full one to twenty adventure mm-hmm. pack. Yeah. It is one to 10, one to ten. Yeah. And so, yes, at second level, uh, um, the marshals are going to start being able to buy themselves. Uh, plus one potency runes for the weapons Mm -hmm. but plus two doesn't come in until tenth yeah so you know and if there's one thing I've learned playing my alchemist my war priest and everything like that well yes this is a system where every plus one minus one can count it's not the end of the world Mm mm-hmm on yeah, that. and so you know, I I have a feeling you'll be just fine.
1: I think so, and it's also got a lot to do with my uh, selection of of spells as well, because there are options that do rely on saving throws. I just haven't chosen them quite as much.
2: Yeah, and moving forward, I mean, you
1: know, who knows? Mm-hmm. Plus, the we occult should... spell list is a is a freaky one. It's it got is. Some, it's got some There's... strange things in it oh yeah yeah
2: <laughs> it is indeed it is indeed um bard is also an occult yeah polycaster in this system, mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. some strange stuff yeah so yeah well i'm glad I you're am... having fun with it that's, yep. that's 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 my main priority everybody needs to have fun <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: i'm not too sure what i'm gonna do when i get the second level i i'm not all that thrilled with the uh, class feats at first and second level they don't seem to match up with the character all that much so i'm thinking maybe taking a bard dedication or a sorcerer dedication so that i can open up additional spell slots yeah certainly an option mm-hmm. so we'll have to uh, see so we, we got the it, it,
2: it, it is uh, it is a nice thing with pathfinder second edition that you know exp- broadening out can be as easy as that Yeah, you spend a class beat and you pick up some stuff from a completely different
1: class. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah,
2: that's not not a whole lot. Are are we moving the news and rumors? Yeah, let's let's move on. Okay.
0: (laughs) Okay. What do you got, Dwayne?
2: So, have um, I know I know Pat's been up on this up Have you ever heard of the open gaming license? Oh yeah, I know all about <laughs> the
0: the uproar that uh, that happened with TSR. So, but let, let's, oh, let's let's yeah. let's let's talk about it. So well, the Wizards of yeah. the
1: Coast, not TSR.
0: Oh, true, sure, sure. Wizards. Um, yeah. So D and D had this thing uh, going back, I think, all the way down to third or three point five.
1: It was, it was three, yeah, third edition where they introduced it. Right. Open so, game so, so they have this back open
0: game, 2000. game license. Two
1: thousand. Yeah, we're, talk- mm-hmm. we're talking twenty two years ago.
2: Yeah, 2000. Exactly.
0: Um, so basically they opened up their rules so that anyone could do a campaign setting based on the D&D 3rd edition rules. And then they slightly modified those those um, rules when they went to 3.5, when they went to 4, and now they're in 5th edition. And then all of a sudden they, there was a leaked document that they were moving to a 1.1 version of these open gaming rules, op- open gaming license rules.
1: Well, no, they, they did try to change things with, uh, with fourth edition, but, okay. uh, yeah. The, yeah. Fourth, fourth cha- edition,
2: yeah, fourth edition had a completely different license called the gaming system license or okay. GSL. Mm-hmm. And you know what happened in response to the GSL?
0: i'm guessing people stopped Posts like making pathfinder,
2: content folks like paizo all of a sudden created a brand new system mm-hmm. using the open gaming license 1.0a and called it pathfinder
1: mm-hmm. Well, that plus people really didn't like fourth edition all so. that much anyhow the mechanics were not the best yeah so pathfinder basically rose to keep 3.5 alive uh, it, it was also the mechanics of 4th uh, edition mm-hmm. that uh, kind of led to the rise of Pathfinder 1st edition, uh, which basically is like uh, D&D 3.75 uh, yep. is is one thing that it was called. So it was just a, an improvement and an extension of uh, of the 3.0 or 3.5 rules uh, and was very compatible. I remember using a number of 3.5 characters in Pathfinder settings without any difficulties. Uh but yeah, so now with the uh, 1D&D coming up, uh Wizards of the Coast decided to uh change the license, so you have OGL 1.1, which got leaked. Uh it's a highly restrictive license. Uh put all sorts of restrictions on content creators, but basically saying You know, if you're creating something under this license and we decide we want to use it, uh, we can. We don't have to compensate you. It's ours. Um, And it's got, it had a lot of other restrictions on it as well. Uh, They walked back on that and uh, they have uh, released uh, OGL 1.2, which is still restrictive, but not as restrictive as uh, 1.1 was.
2: Yeah. And it's based under the Creative Commons.
1: Yeah. License.
2: But in the meantime,
1: creative. in the meantime, uh, Paizo were, has gotten together with a bunch of other uh, creator get, uh, content creators and created uh, the, what is it? Open, Open RPG, RPG content. Open RPG
2: Creative. Yeah. Open RPG Creative License.
1: or orc. orc. The Orc License, yeah. Which yep. I think mm-hmm. is uh, completely nullifying anything that Wizards of the Coast is wanting to do. Uh, I think... Uh, right now, Paizo's got up to 1,500 uh, content creators that have signed on to work with Orc, as opposed yep. to uh, the OGL. So, um, I mean, unless it's specifically D&D, there's really no reason to go with the OGL
2: 1.2. Yeah. So, one of the interesting things that you know, some of the interesting things that I found out because of all of this, um, one. Uh, a number of the Paizo executive were actually wizard of the coast employees when they brought in the OGL mm-hmm. uh, to, uh the law firm they're working with for they're working with to create orc uh, was founded by the lawyer who came up with the legalese for the OGL yep well, but, um, so um, and Finally, uh, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is licensed under the OGL. However, it doesn't actually use anything from Wizards uh, SRD, the uh, system System Reference Document. Yeah. So the reason that they put it under the OGL was it was an easy way to license things so that other content creators, like uh, Roll for Combat, for example, um, which is partly run by Mark Seifter, who was a co creator of Pathfinder Second Edition, they have a they have a line of stuff called Battle Zoo. Well, anyways, being under the OGL allowed Roll for Combat and Battle Zoo to do their thing. This mm-hmm. is an example. And they've now got a, a system in place, Pathfinder Infinite, I think they call it, for third-party creation. And that's, that's the whole reason why all of this is under the OGL. But, basically, they're, they're just planning to stop printing the OGL. Yeah. They are completely confident that there is absolutely nothing in Pathfinder 2nd Edition that Wizards can come after them for mm-hmm so they're just going to stop printing it while they work with the law firm to create orc mm-hmm. and then when orc is available they'll start putting orc in all of their stuff yeah including the new printings so so uh as part of the blowback to all this apparently there's been a cancel D beyond movement
1: <laughs> True. Where, a lot of people yeah, are just people canceling been, their subscriptions. Uh, yep. Yeah, massive amounts. I mean that that was the reason why uh, Wizards of the Coast had to or came up with 1.2, uh, ah. just to stop the bleeding. Yep. And there's also a boycott the D and D movie movement happening as well.
2: I don't know if I'll actually go that far, to be honest, just because it looks. A- like fun mm-hmm.
1: oh yeah i i i, mean, I don't know if that's really a part it's chris of it all it but... is a part you know <laughs> but i i, I have who, a feeling it will affect the chris... movie a fair bit
2: yeah i mean like who doesn't want to see chris pine strumming a mandolin i mean <laughs> <laughs> so yeah but mm-hmm. um you know i'm still i'm for example i'm still playing uh Magic Arena, because they don't get any money from me for me playing Magic Arena, so what do I care? <laughs> but uh, I, dro- I had I'd already dropped out of the fifth-ed campaign that I was in, largely because the differences between the two systems was driving me nuts. Mm-hmm. I just, I just found playing D and D fifth-ed so annoying. And now, you know, like, yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever play fit that again. I probably, I probably wouldn't have even, weren't I mean, all this fuss hadn't happened, but now, no, absolutely not.
1: Yeah, they, they've really hurt their brand with all of this.
2: Yep. Yes, I think they have. Mm-hmm. So... Ah, huh. not really a lot more to say about that, though.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the
2: but um,
1: the the smoke is starting to clear on on that particular argument or issue yep. uh, already. So, yeah.
2: So on the happier side of the RPG stuff, um, Paizo has putting, been putting out previews of their newest uh, book that's coming out next month. Pressure Vault. And it is exactly that. It's uh, all items. All items all the time. Mm, So, uh, there's a YouTuber who goes by No Nat Ones, or Mm -hmm. No Natural Ones, (laughs) and they allowed him to do a preview of the Alchemy and chapter. So, as you can imagine, I was all over that. (laughs) and there is some insane stuff in there Mm. holy cow there's a radiation bomb it's like it's 15th level it's just it's nuts it's absolutely nuts it'll basically give you cancer It's crazy. I I don't really know if they needed to go that far. I don't think it's a bomb that I'll ever use if my bomber ever gets to 15th level. Mm -hmm. I doubt it would be sanctioned for Pathfinder Society play anyway, just because (laughs) um, uh, I think that uh, there's a a fair amount of folks out there who find the notion of a bomb that gives people cancer kind of triggering. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think it'll ever get sanctioned for play, but it's it's nuts that it exists. The big bomb from that one is uh, it's a standard bomb. It's common availability. It does the whole one three eleven seventeen progression. It's called a skunk bomb, and so it does some acid damage. But the big thing is, is that whatever you hit with it, has to do a saving throw or becomes sickened, and sickened in Pathfinder is a heck of a debuff. It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And because it's a saving throw, alchemists get a uh, feature of fifth level called powerful alchemy. If they quick alchemy something, they can substitute their class DC for the normal DC. And so that means that even a lesser one of these would be nasty for the entire career. And this is coupled with the fact that they put in some errata in the recent fourth printing of the uh, core rulebook, which really opens up the amount of stuff that alchemists can make as perpetual infusions. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of having two bombs that just get upgraded at 11th and 17th. You now have two first level bombs at 7th. You get two more third level bombs at 11th, and finishes with two more 11th level bombs at 17th. So you finish off your career with six of these perpetual infusion bombs instead of two. So stuff like the skunk bomb, which can be relevant even when it's still a level one bomb all the way through, becomes that much more important. Mm. So I really want this book. <laughs> <laughs> because there's so much more than just that, but even just based on that chapter, I want this book. Mm. So,
1: well, anything that adds items to a game makes it a lot more it can, interesting.
2: It can be fun and that um, there's also stuff like alchemical foods. And this one I think is absolutely hilarious. Cooperative Waffles. So they were apparently planning this for a while because they put out a setting book based around the Grand Bazaar in Absalom. Mm-hmm. Absalon's like the biggest city in the whole setting And the Grand Bazaar is the place to find anything. And they did exactly that. There's some stuff. There's a lot of stuff for sale in this book. And it's just flavor. But one of the things that they put in were waffle irons. (laughs) Uh, They even put in, like, I think you can buy a high-grade Antimantium waffle (laughs) (laughs) iron. And now, to follow up the waffle irons, they're now going to have these alchemical waffles that, uh, you know, they take 10 minutes to make, so you only do them in the morning, but for the rest of the day, whoever you share the waffles with, you can share them with one other person, and you pretty much have to. It enhances pretty much all the attempts that you would make to help out that person like with the aid mechanic or whatever, for the rest of the day. So hence, cooperative waffles are now a thing. (laughs) Alchemical lozenges, where you have one effect while you suck on them, and a second effect if you bite down on them, which immediately ends it, but you can do that, are now a thing as well. That. And so and so on and so forth and everything like that. Uh, the investigative class, the investigator class, they they put in a food just for them, insight coffee. So basically, depending on the type of coffee, you get a bonus to a particular type of recall knowledge check for an hour, mm-hmm. and also during that hour if you use the investigator's strategic strike ability, the extra damage dice go up from D6s to D8s. So yes, they've basically codified the private investigator with a cup of hot coffee into (laughs) the gaming lore. So yeah. Mm. Um, I I, I, I liked one particular comment that NoNats uh, made during, during the video, and that, and he's like, this reads so much like a third-party book in the absolute best way, (laughs) (laughs) because it's usually the third-party guys who come up with stuff that's this completely bonkers, and I have to agree with them, so yeah that's all the news that I've got on the gaming side of things, really.
0: Uh, the only other gaming news that I have, well, it's not really gaming. Well, yeah, sure it is. Um, the edge studios has started re-releasing all of the star Wars or uh, many of the, the star Wars fantasy flat role-playing books. So those are finally starting to become a little more available on the open markets. Um, they're, they're still suffering from, you know, Slowdowns of of global shipping and and uh, the Chinese factories not being able to produce the the books fast enough, but at least they're they're starting to to bite into the 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 secondhand market that was causing prices of fantasy flight games books to just absolutely skyrocket on things like eBay. So that's that's some good news for those people who play the fantasy flight games and are still looking for. Books to pick up. I mean, there's a couple that I'm still missing from my collection, so I'm I'm happy about that news. Also, um, not Ed Studios, but Atomic Mass, who is taking over the the Legion license from um, Fantasy Flight Games, are introducing a new, slightly larger, probably Marvel Crisis Protocol sized Star Wars um, skirmish game. Um, so it, it'll. I don't know what the rules will be like but i'm guessing it'll probably be similar to what they're doing with marvel crisis protocol and from everyone i've heard the models will be absolutely gorgeous because they, they do amazing like miniatures so i'm looking forward to that um there's i'm going to adepticon again this year and they're going to have a booth at adepticon they're going to demo the game and so i'll have more information once i get back hey do you want to talk about any cool movies or anything else that's that's upcoming that you want to that you're interested in
2: been hearing much lately um you know there's quantum mania coming up Mm -hmm. next Mm -hmm. month which i really want to see
0: yeah those atman movies have really really been well done Mm
2: -hmm. yeah they have well i find this particular description interesting they described it as What if there was this really big Avengers movie and Ant-Man was the only one who showed up? (laughs) (laughs) So.
0: So it's going to be big.
2: It's supposed to be big. So definitely looking forward to that. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: But otherwise, I mean, like, I don't even know what's supposed to be coming out this summer,
1: to be honest. Well, don't forget there's Guardians of the Galaxy coming out soon as well.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you guys see the holiday special?
1: No. Yep. Yep. It, I thought it was okay. I uh, a lot of people were really big on it. I, I mean, it was it was fun. It was amusing. Uh, Kevin Bacon was hilarious. Yep. Uh,
2: it was. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it reinforced to me just how annoying I find Drax as a character. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, you know, uh, Dave Bautista has gone on record as saying he's done with the role. Yeah, yeah. I'm perfectly okay with that. Yeah. Nothing against Dave Bautista. I mean, like, I think he's great, but Drax mm-hmm. as a character, I don't care for, so.
1: Well, yeah, he's, he's not the comic book Drax he's nope. a, he's his own creation or his own creature yep
2: yeah and i find him really really annoying so uh-huh. but
1: uh yeah. well guess, as far uh, as the specials went uh, i definitely preferred uh werewolf by night over the, the holiday werewolf special was,
2: werewolf was fantastic
1: yeah wait what's this werewolf by night oh it was uh a Marvel special that uh, was on Disney Plus uh, that came out right around Halloween.
0: Okay.
2: Yep. And, uh, yeah, basically tapped into a bunch oh. of the 70s Marvel horror stuff. Yep. And, and I'm not going to spoil anything. Um yep. it's, it's worth seeing. It's completely self-contained. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you don't need to know a thing about the Marvel Cinematic Universe to enjoy this. No, so, not a, not a, not a single thing. On that, but uh, yeah, I really liked it.
1: Yeah, it was good. That, that one was well done.
2: Yeah. So. Um.
1: Uh.
2: I haven't heard much about the Marvel TV stuff. I understand that. Uh, Agatha Harkness, Coven of Chaos, uh, is coming
0: along. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I'm, I have any interest in that. I mean, she was interesting enough as part of the the yeah, um,
1: having her own show. That, yeah,
0: um, I don't know if she if she can handle that, or if she's if there's enough interest in Agatha Harkness as a character.
1: Sure.
2: Also, worth uh, in the second WandaVision spinoff. They're doing Vision Quest. Okay. So they're apparently right. going to explore what happens with, uh,
1: the white vision, the
2: white vision after he takes off.
1: Yeah. Um, uh, uh, I'm, uh, did a teaser about, uh, season two of invincible going to be late 2023 for their date announcement. So that should be, uh, yeah,
2: I am looking forward to that.
0: i'm waiting for the second season of um, sandman to come to netflix Mm -hmm. really really looking forward to that i I very much enjoyed the first season and was very close to the audiobooks that i was listening to
1: yeah oh and they confirmed a second season of wednesday as well oh good uh if you haven't watched the uh, teaser for that it's hilarious because uh it it mocks uh, things like how she turned into a dance a TikTok meme and so on yeah Oh, yeah. uh,
0: did, did we talk about Wednesday at all? I, I I think it might have come after our last recording.
1: Uh, it's possible. I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. I, yeah, I remember talking about it because I remember talking about how uh, there really wasn't any of the chemistry with uh, Gomez and Morticia in this. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's got the right look, but uh, he doesn't have very much chemistry with uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I never
0: Morticia. really liked her as Morticia anyway. Um, yeah. I still I still remember the original black and whites, and and that Morticia was just she had oh, like Carolyn this, Jones? Yeah. Yes, she has like this unearthly beauty that that zeta Jones just can't pull off.
1: Well, I, I could see her doing it. Uh, I think she could have done it. Um,
0: just like I never liked Angelica Houston in the movies either. Like they they, they it, just, did. it didn't fit.
1: I I thought she was okay.
2: I thought she and Raul well, Julia were great.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, Sean Aston and uh, Carolyn Jones are, are my favorite Gomez and Martitias. Yeah. Just because they're the ones that I was introduced to. True, yeah. The originals. Yeah.
2: Speaking of John, John Aston. Uh, yeah, Night John Quarter's
0: Astin.
2: back. Night Quarter's back.
0: Uh, yeah, is, I, I saw a clip on that on, I think, one of the Facebook videos or something. Uh, it introduces... Uh, um, harry stone's daughter as the new night cork judge she she came to visit uh in his uh in his uh apartment and um and that was that was the first time he found out about it
2: yeah and that was that was particularly funny because um there were a number of instances in the original show that i remember were Basically, Dan screams like a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and they They uh, brought it back because she says, uh, I moved town for a job. I'm the new night court judge. Mm-hmm. And Dan just goes, Ah! <laughs> oh, I haven't seen it, but I am curious.
0: I don't know I if it's out yet.
2: Regularly. I will not be watching regularly because. Uh, I have a very low tolerance for sitcoms as a nerd porn. Yeah. So. Mm. But I am curious. Mm. So, <clears throat> yeah, other, other than that.
1: Yeah. A lot of stuff. Uh-oh. But I take it we don't have a uh, section three topic to discuss. Oh, I no. So. I mean, it,
0: it would probably be around the OGL license, but we kind of talked that to death already. Mm-hmm. Pretty much.
2: Pretty much. It'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see how it all shakes out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Mm-hmm. All right. I well. Think... Anyways.
0: Might as well wrap it up then and say thank you for joining us for another Out of the Basement podcast, and we'll see you next time.
1: All right. See you next time. Have a good day, folks.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Out of the Basement podcast. We'd like to thank Radio Free Music for our intro and outro music. Both songs were done by an amazing artist named Silent Partner. The intro music is called Drop and Roll, and the outro music is called Grand Navy Plaza. And we'll have links to both those songs in our show notes. If you liked what you heard and wish to support the show, please consider becoming a backer on Patreon. We can be found at patreon.com slash ootbpod. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time.